You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Barron, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Barron's 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. All right. Welcome to episode 20. Wow. Yeah, of the Tactical Kitchen Show, in case you don't know where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking with uh, Josh Peralt. We actually met him uh, last week. We were at the Low Carb Conference and had a really good time, and we thought he'd be an awesome person to have on the show. Yeah, and you know, I love it because he wore a shirt all week, Body by Bacon, and then um, for you guys who don't know, if you've ever bought Peterson's Natural Farms Bacon... Um, he's working for them, so they've got a new campaign. He is the bacon nerd. Yeah, he is. He's got a shirt that says bacon nerd, so he's really into bacon. Yeah, but he there's so much more to this conversation. We talk about bacon a lot, but the cool thing is when you talk to some of these people, you have no idea what else they've done in their life. You just are looking at nutrition. We found out Josh is an actor. He's lived the van life. I mean, so interesting. He has so many good tips about how to break down the keto diet to its most simple form. For you guys who maybe overcomplicated a little bit, this is a really good episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, like he said, he's an athlete. He's a, a world traveler. He's been around, so he knows a lot of really, really good stuff. Oh, and it was just such a fun conversation because, you know, when you talk to someone who's as animated as Josh is, right? I mean, you can't help it. It's a fun time. Yep. He's a very young, vibrant, enthusiastic guy, and he was really awesome to talk to. Yeah, and if you hear that scratching going on in the background, you can't interrupt your cat even though you need to record while she's pooping. So, <laughs> she's, she's scratching around. Hope you didn't hear that. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so let's go ahead and get on to the conversation with Josh Peralt. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Uh, today, we're talking to someone who we uh, were recently connected with and, and has a great story. And we want to just kind of talk to him and let him tell us how he got to where he's at. Um, his name is Josh Peralt. Yep. You're very how you cool, doing? dude. How you Good. Doing? How are you guys? Man, we're awesome because you gave us bacon the other day. <laughs> the world is just better with bacon, right? <laughs> I know. So, first of all, like we've met a couple of times at Low Carb USA. And the great thing is like everyone's always drawn to your table because when you're there, because first of all, you had the best table there filled with bacon. Oh, yeah. You walk in the, the expo and you're like, what does that smell? Oh, it's bacon. It's bacon. And um, so could you, first of all, we don't even know that much about you, which makes this conversation so fun. But tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from and where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I know I'm a bit of a, a big, bit of a spark plug at these events. I just get nerded out by like all these people that love bacon as much as I do. And uh, I see it so much when I'm out in the field where I'm talking to, you know, I call them the normies and they, they come back and they always say like, oh, well, you can't have too much. I'm like, oh, no, I have a pan a day almost. 
And they're like, oh. <laughs> and then, you know, they, they, they cripple away while I'm sitting there, like, eating my bacon. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Um, well, a little bit about me. I, I'm an actor as well as a keto advocate. Um, I'm a world traveler. I lived in Australia for two years, live in New Zealand. Um, I guess where I can start is like right after high school, I went to college for lacrosse. I was a, a full round year athlete. And like when you play a sport in college, it's never just one season because you have the off season prep. You have the running around. Um, had no idea I wanted to do theatrical, but I was always the guy that like, I remember one time I went to uh, a Disney World trip with like my band and I, I used to play alto saxophone. And uh, I dressed like a pirate for like a whole week <laughs> with a hat. <laughs> and like no one it never clicked for me you know so uh and then after college I couldn't find out what I wanted to do and uh I was in this really health space where I wanted to lose the weight the baby weight because after college I think everybody starts to lose that baby weight I think we all mm-hmm. you know the freshman 15 sticks on because the the food system in colleges are really poor uh, right. as well right. as the the options really aren't there for people not to drink I mean, you can even have the most introverted person ever in a college campus, and there's no way they're not. They're going to find some, like, weird fraternity where everybody's introverted, but they're all still going to drink. And I think that takes away from, you know, the weight loss as well as keeping that, like, you know, thyroid always uh, bummed out. Yeah. Um, so after college, I finally decided uh, to go, like, abroad. I think Europe's a vacation, uh, but Australia is so much like America, you could stay over there and try to make something of yourself. And when I got over there, I fell onto a set, um, Unbroken, with Angelina Jolie, and it was just amazing. I mean, it, the first time you sit on a set, there's lights. There's, like, five different departments. There's the camera department. There's the lighting department. You know, the director, the ADs, and it just it fascinated me. And I was like, this is it. I, like, I, I like did one of those weird, like, dramatic moments. I went out to the sunset, like, at, like, Manly Beach. Um, this was, like, the middle of summer, so it was, like, 40 degrees Celsius, like, 110 degrees. And I'm, like, screaming out the ocean, I'm going to be an actor! Ah, like, super <laughs> dramatic. Proclaiming to the world what you want to do. You know, that's yeah. a great. Put, it, put, the, put out there in the universe what you want to do, and hopefully it comes back to you. Yeah, exactly. But the the thing is, my health wasn't with me to do that. And you see all these actors, and um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you ever see an actor on red carpet, they always are super lean. It doesn't matter if they just did a Marvel movie where they had to be a beefcake. They always lose like 50 pounds for a red carpet. I think it's just protocol for these people to look like that, and they die in such a way that's so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But that's when I found kind of keto and with acting as well because I was always the chubby kid and always growing up with like massive amounts of code red Mountain Dew specifically, not the regular stuff, code red. Yeah. Code red. <laughs> and then, you know, you had the sour patch kids and we watched movies and be like, stay up all night. And at that point I was like skinny fat. And I was like, how am I a three season athlete, soccer, basketball, lacrosse. And still like, I see these guys that are just, you know, their metabolism, they just have different genetics Right. They can drink beers all day. I stayed away from alcohol for the longest time. And then, you know, I experimented in college more. Um, but after that, got back to the States and I bought a van and I lived in my van traveling across state to state. And that time, uh, it's all about tax incentives. So I lived in Louisiana during the peak of heat. Uh, oh, man. Was <laughs> How was your yeah, van you know. set up? 
Like the van, you- we had like a nice little like bed uh, frame in there with like the bed, and it wasn't like something massive because most of these people they do van life, but it's not really like hustling. Nowadays, they have like van lives with like sinks and bathrooms and all that. No, I was like, I threw a mattress in the back. I had my suitcase and I had like, you know, a little screen for uh, DVDs and that's it. Spartan. Spartan van life. Yeah, because you see them now and there's like a composting toilet. and Because yeah. we follow a lot of that stuff and it's so interesting how people can fit so much in a van. But yeah, you were going on the, that's old school van life. Yep. <laughs> I, remember, I don't know if you guys remember like when like about six years ago when keto first started I think I know keto's always been around and some people can always say that oh I've been on it for 20 years that's great but yeah. the majority of people really didn't jump on it until maybe six or seven years ago and that's when I kind of started or like around when I was in Louisiana and I remember doing it the hard way like waking up you know for the gym so I can get to set real early and like especially for uh, uh actors it's great to be on keto and I'll tell you in a second why, but you know, having the spoonful of coconut oil, cause I didn't really research MCT oil. They were just coming out. So yeah. I'm like taking spoonfuls before the gym to do like more fasted, like training. I didn't know about the whole bulletproof coffee. Um, so I'm literally like spoonfuling, uh, just coconut oil, going to the gym, doing long, intense exercises. I had no idea if I was doing this right. And then, you know, having like a salmon afterwards or something like that with salad. So I was like, I was hitting minor and I was still fat phobic. So I was still hitting like 120 grams. And I was like, that's a little too much. I think that's it. And then like 80 grams of protein. So well, how I was that, like, but I felt that, great. How did that affect your weight loss and your workouts? How did that, how did that change? Oh man. Let me tell you when, when I first did keto and I still to this day, cardio wise, if I can do drop sets and supersets, uh, I, I won't do extremely heavy weight all the time. Um, I just feel that I've never been one of the guys, unless they pay me to, to be like 250 pounds, the rock type looking dude. I just yeah. don't see you, you. It takes more energy to move around. Um, I never see those guys like being able to just like at a fleeting moment, want to run and do something. They always have to like plan ahead because they're just like, well, I hit the gym for four hours today. So I don't think <laughs> they really have the energy to climb that mountain. And all I want to yeah. do is like, especially in Australia, our culture is a lot different. Like uh, we don't have a lot of spontaneous activities anymore in our daily lives. And I'm completely spontaneous. So over there, if someone's like, Oh, you want to go to the blue mountains on this train and go hiking? I was like, yeah, do you have anything else to do today? I'll be like, Oh no, not really. <laughs> and then you just go rather today. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're so used to technology where you just like you can call in ahead and like, oh, you know, especially in L.A., it's like the, the flake move. It's like the last 20 minutes that you can get there. You're like, oh, sorry, uh, traffic's bad. Or, you know, the, the kid woke up and the babysitter's not here. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, OK, <clears throat> I oh get gosh. it. The yeah. flake move. That's so great. You point that out because you hear about that. The, the flaking is uh, people just saying they're going to do something and just intentionally they're not going to do it, but they'll say they're going to do it. Yeah. And then they do that flake, the flake move. move, man. Yeah. But, you know, you talked about the coconut oil was, and that was like when you were living in the van. Yeah. So you didn't have like a, re- a refrigerator, did you? No. Like, so I always yeah. had to have like shelf stable stuff or like I directly had to eat. I enjoy going to the grocery store. Uh, this is something weird about me, but I only spend limited amount of time. I know exactly what to go in there for, what my daily meal would be at a budgeted price. But uh, at that point, I was trying to save money. The reason why I went in the van life as well is to 
clear all my debt from school. I think, you know, since the privatization of schools, a lot of people are in that structure of like debt, debt, debt. Right after college, you're supposed to get a nice job, start paying it off. But then what comes after that? Buying the house with little Susie and the white picket fence and Johnny swinging on the tire. Like it's, it's all like formatted for us to stay in debt forever. And I think one single moment, and it sounds really stupid. I was on Facebook and it was, uh, I think she's around 47 or 48. And she posted like, oh, finally got done with my student debt. And she's like a doctor. And I was like, no, yeah, no, I refuse. Yeah, so, it's, it's difficult seeing kids like you, know, like you said, you're told to go to college, but the debt that comes with that is almost crippling. It is. Yeah. Um, so that's why keto helped another way. So not only did my workouts get longer, better, more efficient, I felt like I could do more drop sets, more uh, supersets. I could go in the gym for four hours until I started like breaking down off of carbs. Like <laughs> I remember going to like certain events, like lacrosse day events where we'd have five scrimmages. That's like an hour and a half of play for each of those five day, uh, five, uh, big games yeah. at the end of the tournament. And we'd always get to the end. I came from a very prominent, like high school of lacrosse. Um, and it was just like bananas all day. Like the, the Gatorade yeah. liquids, which is just, nasty red dye and red yellow number five with a ton of extra ingredients and then just straight sugar and then people wonder why people were getting cramps and like pulling these ligaments and doing all these things i remember the worst injuries in lacrosse and a lot of people don't know about lacrosse but it's it's so it's like almost like hockey except without the ice and and it's brutal and it's like yeah lacrosse is i mean that is a it is a difficult sport and it's very i mean you got to be in extremely good shape to play lacrosse especially in college and you know what you, yeah, what you talked about is something that we talk about a lot. When you're pounding back all that sugar and glu- it have all that glucose going, you you see a lot more injuries because co- that messes with your cortisol and your blood sugar regulation, which actually really directly affects ligaments, tendons, and that's why you see high school kids blowing out their knees. It's just all the sugar. Yeah, and I'm glad I found the the keto diet somewhat. I always knew low carb would be better for you, but I didn't. I did more of high protein, like Atkins style, back in college days, and then yeah. I switched over in New Orleans with the coconut oil and taking massive amounts of that. At that point, I was very minimalist. I think people need to just go back into if you really need to diet down, minimalism. You don't need all like the the charcuterie plates and the cheeses and this. Just go get. That's why I like going to the store every day. It was like I had coconut oil in the morning. That's like a good source of fat salmon or like beef that was already cooked or steak and then that's that was the protein for the day and maybe later on have an avocado with like some lettuce and i would just get the stuff that literally tears open the spinach and then puts the avocado on and then sardines with the oil and the oil like dressed it i was like done man that is awesome because so many people what we always say is they overcomplicate this process and when you peer it all back to something like that that's really basic really simple but super effective. And that's like what people need to go back to sometimes is just peel all the extras back, get down to the basics and just do it. Yeah. And people always think it's so hard, but like you're saying, it wasn't hard. It was very simple and made your life simpler. Yeah. Doing this living van life, no fridge. Uh, if you, Seriously, that's awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Well, the, the keto diet another way helped my lifestyle too because intermittent fasting. And as an actor, um, a lot of people don't know. And I did a lot of standing in when I first started in the acting world because I wanted to learn a lot more. And standing in is basically you look like the main actor, 
Right. Then you set up the lights all around you and then you don't deliver any lines unless it's a certain set where, you know, they want you to. And sometimes I did, I have to like talk with main actors. I remember that I, uh, I had a scene with Bruce Campbell from uh, Evil Dead. No way. One yeah. of my favorite Oh, my God. I That's love like Bruce Campbell. That's like his favorite. Oh, yeah. I love him. I, I love all the Evil Dead movies. I watched his new series yeah. as well. And uh, I remember just talking to him through his lines. And he's like, hey, hey, buddy, uh, can you help me out with this? And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, just do this. And I was like, okay. And, like, I'm such a just a ready-to-go guy that I was like, okay, I already had the lines memorized. I just was waiting for you to ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. But on set, there's a thing called crafty. So this is the worst enemy of actors is crafty, and I'll tell you why. All it is, every day, they'll have, like, cakes, brownies, cookies, all, this, all these, like, little snacks, and maybe nuts. But then you look at the nuts, and then this is what I encourage everybody to do, look at the ingredients. And then it's mm-hmm. usually, like, sugar-glazed or it has, like, dark chocolate chips in it. And by dark chocolate, they mean, like, 60%, which is not real dark chocolate. And right. then you have, like, you know, other stuff added in there that I can't even pronounce. So I'm, like, especially, like, Blue Diamond or something like that. It's, and and the, at that time, the nuts are already over-roasted and, you know, salted to a point where there's no nutritional value in those anymore. Uh, rather than like say raw nuts from you know a supermarket um yeah. so i always kept away from that i could intermittent fast fine but if i was burning glucose and as soon as i got off the keto train i would be like cookie monster eating everything nom, 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 nom. everything's so good nom, 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 nom. and then i'd turn around like even in that day since for every gram <clears throat> of carb that you eat you store three grams of water you can especially a keto person i think everybody that's keto knows this if you go off the bin bandwagon and like start binge eating you can gain like 10 pounds in one day. People are like, no, that's, that's a little excessive. I was like, no, you're, I'm talking about water gain here. Like it's, yeah. it's a real thing. And if you're on camera, that water weight shows up. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And you know, like you start hearing now about a lot of actors who are either have been keto for a long time or they're experimenting with it and the intermittent fasting. Yeah. Um, you know, like Terry Crews talks about intermittent fasting. Um, Halle Berry uh, helped with her type 2 diabetes. Yeah, Halle Berry's been a, a pretty well-known advocate lately of the keto diet, which I thought that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And we have another friend who is a stunt guy who lives, um, they live in Georgia now anyway, but he's a stunt guy. We interviewed him a while back. And that's one of the things like he can intermittent fast. And if you're doing stunts on set, he just talked about, you don't want to be full of carbs when you have to get hit by a car in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I just came from Georgia too. That was my uh, last move that I did, but I've lived all over the States. So Georgia is actually number one because of the tax incentives um, Mm -hmm. in the world for filming. And that's where they have all the walking dead, the Marvel films, the last season I did or something. And, uh, yeah, the stunt guys are, uh, I can't even imagine what they're going through when they have that same thing, that same car hit. They, they, people are like, oh, yeah, that was great. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, if you were on set, he did that seven times. Yeah, exactly. Seven times. I know. It's crazy. And if you're, if you're glucose, if, you are, if you're a sugar burner, that's on set. We've been on set of a couple of things. And it's very long days. And you're exhausted by the end. And if you cannot be a sugar burner and do that, you can go, you have energy for the whole day. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. So, uh, what people don't understand is the longer you go into that fast, the more mental clarity you achieve. 
and which is if you're an actor and you're and you know and you got to remember lines and you know where you got to be and and all that mental clarity i mean you just get so focused that you can recall whatever you need to recall in a snap yeah exactly and i think that helps overall too with the the length of intermittent fasting um being able to be sharp on point if some if a director says something to you rather than a lot of people, I think what happens is you deliver the scene to like, okay, turn around and you have all the cameras turn around and then they go back to their chairs and sit down. But like they swoop down to like, you know, you see people zonk out around like uh, after lunch and this always happens. You'll find like five or six crew members. They'll gain like almost like, uh, I forgot like the disease where you have like a, a prolonged gut. Um, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's ridiculous. They'll gain 20 pounds unhealthily in like one month because of how much glucose they're eating. And I wish a lot of these people would just turn over to the keto lifestyle. And then, you know, we made the keto snacks more available at there. And I think people would generally want to work longer hours rather right now, people are working 15, 18 hours on some of these shows and movies and, you know, they're passed out after lunch. They literally have to take a 20 minute snooze while I'm over here. Like, and they're just looking at me like some <laughs> douchey guy like, oh, you just have that. You're just one of those guys that have super amount of energy. I was like, no, trust me. I was like a chubbier kid growing up. I had to like train myself. Yeah. People always assume that since, you know, you're, you have a high amount of energy and, and you're in shape and you, and you look lean that you've always been that way. They just assume that you've always been that way. And they don't know that everybody has a journey of how they got there, what they did, whether it's health wise, fitness wise, uh, you know, to, to achieve those, those goals. And that's, that's one of the things we always like to point out is, Everybody got here for a reason. That's, yeah. That's so true. So you talked about keto snacks. So that, that makes me want to ask you about this one thing. So we haven't talked yet about your other job. Okay. Which, yeah, you're not just an actor. You're a bacon pro. Bacon pro for sure. You're bacon yeah. pro. And so you work for this awesome company, uh, Peterson's Natural Farms, mm-hmm. correct? And you guys have like the best keto snack in the world. It's like pre-cooked bacon in a pouch that you can travel with. I mean, everyone's doing it. It's so simple. Yeah. If if all the sets had like baskets of those, everybody would be so happy. (laughs) Exactly. And I think a lot of people make it too difficult when it comes to like keto snacks. Like you don't really need, I think the fat bombs are doing a great thing. Fat bomb. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's all your cup. Yeah, he yeah, got, I got one too with the low carb, and it's like oh man, this is the best cup, this fat bomb cup. I love it. Macadamia nuts and pre-cooked bacon, done. Like I'm actually going oh. to Sedona this weekend with my buddy, and we're just gonna hike. And all I'm gonna bring is like prepared a gallon of water, a fat bomb, and like two things of snack bacon, and that's like that's my snacks. And I'm gonna do the rest fasting, so I'll break my fast and still burn fat efficiently, and still have just like the minimal amount of fats that'll keep me going, like my digestive and metabolism going. Um, yeah. Peterson Farms is absolutely amazing. Um, I actually, another story is I, I worked for Bulletproof Coffee for about um, two years or a year and a half for their events program. So I would travel all these conventions. And that's, I think, where I amassed a lot of knowledge as well as a lot of podcasts and meeting like the correct people. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing about Peterson Farms is that nobody knows that they're still a small, very small company, under 100 employees. And that's including the people that are at the warehouse making the bacon. That room that you saw at Low Carb USA, which is, you know, maybe, what do you, would you say, 20 yards one way? Yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. So that maybe 10, 10 yards wide or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the whole floor they have for manufacturing that whole thing. 
not including the smoking room and all the other process, like the um, chill room as well, but just for like the, the, what is it? The rotary to go by. That's Mm -hmm. all they have that really just that room. So it's crazy that we're inventing these new ideas because a lot of baking companies are going the opposite way. And what I mean is they have low fat, low sodium bacon. Now I'm like, why are you changing the structure of bacon? It was meant that way. And I think that's the biggest thing people like saw from me is like, how you're going to get so unhealthy because I mean like a pile of bacon because they always have free bacon. And, (laughs) but once again, that's a, that's a different type of thinking because I didn't know the background noise that people kind of commit to when they do these, uh, baking companies. And I trust Peterson's, uh, fully. And I'm like very, very, uh, strict on what I eat now because of what I've learned about the food industry labeling and as well as the process of making even bacon, even bacon. I know. So can you just like go over a little bit about the company for somebody who's not really familiar with it? Because I know when I first, my journey started with starting a Whole30 like a few years ago. And, you know, they started putting their label that Whole30 approved. And one of the first things that I found when I went to Central Market, I walked in or it was Whole Foods, I think. And I was looking at bacon and I saw that Whole30 label on this bacon called Peterson's Natural Farms. And so what did I, you know, I knew that was going to have no sugar, no additives. I knew it was going to be clean. And so I grabbed it and it was delicious. And for somebody who doesn't know much about the company and what they stand for, can you just go through that? Oh my gosh. This is like, oh, a general question and I love it. So I'm going to answer every aspect of it. Um, First off, I think it's uh, natural. I know it's in the middle of the word, but it doesn't really mean anything anymore. So I love it that it's in the title. Maybe that's the only time that it does count. Um, but they go above and beyond to do the original practices of making meats uh, that you know other people used to do 60 years ago. But then, you know, obviously industrialization happened. You know, people got onto the word that bacon was great. And instead of getting it from Joe Schmo, who used to supply the whole town with the same pigs that were pasture raised, now you have these large corporations that are, you know, factory farming all these pigs, sending bad quality meat out. And then you're, you're getting the sub- subsequently the, the worst type of fats or like the worst kind of meat from those farms. So with Peterson Farms, um, especially the non-GMO bacon that we have that you guys tasted at the Low Carb USA, they actually import some of the pig bellies from Poland. And if you imagine the hills have a lie with music, it's like all those pigs just frolicking, <laughs> just beautifully foraging. And then they come bring those bellies over here. We make sure we don't add all the bad stuff. And uh, that's what really Peterson's is about, is creating good products from great raised, partially pasteurized, uh, not pasteurized, pastured pigs, or uh, definitely the the out in the yard, barnyard cows, how they're supposed to eat, how they're meant to eat. And then mm-hmm. finally not adding the bad stuff. And that's, those are the three big markers I like to tell people. And, you know, when they first started out, I guess they, they had an idea where they wanted to go. But now the Whole30, especially, I always tell people, I think Whole30 keto diet is the best way to go for the first 30 days or 60 days. And they're like, well, I'm not so limited. And I think rather than saying I'm limited, I would say I'm cutting out the poisons because it's, yeah. it's too much that right now that everybody's like, oh, this is a healthy way of eating. I'm like, no, in America, that should be a standard. 
I don't think every, like keto is right for everybody all the time. I would say more of a cyclical approach. Like I think keto lets you get away with like that birthday cake you have with your daughter's birthday, or it lets you get away with, you know, going off on a bachelor party with your buddies and having a crazy weekend. Um, rather than always be a glucose burner. So with Peterson Farms, they do the smoking process, right? Because now they have liquid smoke, which is uh, some studies show 10 times more carcinogenic than taking liquid smoke from like people that are smoking cigarettes. Wow. Um, they also, and they just inject that. They have like the pig bellies just hanging right in front of you, like this massive pork. And then they just inject it full of stuff until you can literally breathe it in. And you're like, oh, that doesn't smell natural. It's the same kind of thing they do with... Uh, realtors when people go to check a home out they drop like cinnamon inside the oven and cook it and then it smells like freshly baked cookies without yeah. baking cookies so people are like oh this house is so much nicer all of a sudden <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah um next the brine solution so we don't use that so they can actually cure it in a way that uh has a lot of additives and chemicals just so it stays longer on the shelf and you don't want that that's not good for your gut bacteria it's not good for uh your thyroid, all those things have been led to believe that there's some studies like on rats that carcinogens happen, especially when you, you know, just let it soak in these uh, big brine solutions. Yeah. And then lastly, you got to watch out for the sugar rubs. So especially now that we have an ever increasing uh, diabetes, uh, chronic disease yeah. throughout the U.S. right now. I mean, I think it's 70%. The What is it? The Control Center for Disease just announced like a year ago. 70% of pre-diabetic diabetic. And that's why I always tell people bacon is a superfood because if you get the ones that have no sugar in it and the full fat, that's the best type of food you can eat. If I can tell you, you can eat bacon every day with like some eggs. There you go. That's really what you have to do. And they're like, Oh, well, what do I find eat other things? Well, let's just start with that and then move on. But I think our company especially doesn't do the sneaky practices that most people don't want to talk about because they're either too fearful of finding out more truths and then they have to be limited more or they, they do know it. And they're like, you know, just sacrificing this and that, but it adds up. I mean, if you, if yeah. you eat a whole bacon rack, say 10 slices, they're allowed legally. If it's less than one gram per serving, they don't have to label that gram on sugar. So it's funny when you go back into it and you look at it like, Whoa, there's actually corn syrup, dextrose, and there's, you know, some candied sugar in there and yeah. yet it says zero on there. Right. So it could be 0.9. Right. And then you eat like the whole thing, 10 servings. You just got nine grams of sugar either way from bacon. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good point because a lot of the bacons you, you will see that and people get confused because it will have sugar in the ingredients label, but then it'll say for the serving size, which is two slices, no, no sugar, less than a gram. So if it is that, like you said, that 0 0.9 and because we're all keto, what are we going to do? We are going to eat the 10 slices of bacon. Then that's scary because someone who's really having to dial in their sugar intake to manage their disease is kind of getting duped by that label. And that's sad, you know, so we want to bring that kind of education to our listeners that when you go to the store, you really have to look a little bit deeper than just that, what it says about the sugar grams, really read that label and see, is there sugar in that bacon? Because if it is, if you eat 10 slices, you're getting some, you know? Yeah. 
and that's now now it's to a point where not only the front is marketing but if you turn it around the back is marketing as well because now they're starting to affect the nutrition label and what i mean is say uh you can the usda and fda unless somebody contacts them and says they're getting sick of a product they will never search like a facility they they're it's crazy to think that there's no kind of structure in place to say before a product comes out, we have to test it and do this and that. There is minor testing, but to a degree where they have to investigate like a new product, it's just some of these sugar lobbyists have so much money that they're not only paying off the, the people that are saying like whether this can go out to market or not, or they're also saying, hey, I, uh, I see that you guys don't have sugar anymore, but you have dextrose. Like there's 64 names for sugar. So every right. time they yeah. say, oh, this sugar causes this and this, and they finally have a study on it and proving that the companies can't use it, that study's six months back. And then they have to go and they already switched. The sugar lobbies have like chemical guys in the laboratory and they're just fixing all these new sugar chemicals out, like these new molecules. They already have four to go, new solutions. They change it off by a molecule and by legislation, it's like, oh, well, this is a molecule off. That's not that sugar. This is new. This doesn't affect anything. And until they get studies, they can't take it off the shelf. And so frustrating, isn't it? And then you're looking at, you know, I don't know if maybe you have any information on this. I heard on another podcast the other day that a lot of the U.S. pork that is just in the store, regular pork, is from China. Yeah. So China, I think it's the opposite way. Most of China has our pork go to them. Because really? they have a massive, yeah, they have the most consumption of pork, I think, in the world, um, as well as Japan. Um, they're yeah. very high. I think in uh, Okinawa and uh, Hong Kong, I think, uh, yeah. are the top ones for pork. But their pork, uh, more for Japanese people, are like heritage. They treat them very well. They're all foraging all day. And pork is vastly, I mean... A lot of people don't know this, but 50% of pork is oleic acid, which is known for being an olive oil, uh, 40% saturated fats, which we all know is very good for you, especially if you're getting it from a better source, and then 10% polyunsaturated fats. So when people complain like, oh, it's too much this, too much this fat, like you're getting the best fats. You want to stay away from the PUFAs and you want to get more of the monounsaturated and the, the saturated fats. So it's like great source for that. Oh, absolutely. It's also a really good source of like potassium. So a lot of people that are worried about that, you know, getting their minerals and electrolytes, eat some bacon, some Peterson's bacon. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Peterson Farms products are are awesome. I mean, we love uh, like everything we had uh, at the low carb conference was delicious. That's like, all right, we're here. Let's kind of just slide over almost to a point where I felt bad for eating all the bacon. Yeah, and because y'all had, chur- I never got to try the chorizo. I was kind of sad because I guess uh, a few other people were snagging it all. I'm not going to name any names. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so, sending you guys some right now, so it should be on its way. Oh, that is so awesome. We can't wait to try that. Yeah, we're really excited about that. But yeah, between the fat bombs that we had, and then we were snacking on some of, you had some uncured beef hot dogs too, I think. Yeah. Oh, those were really good too. I'm more of the the kielbasa guy, the kielbasa. So this is my go-to recipe. It's, uh, you get the bacon, right? You cook the whole oven. I think I might've told you this already, but you cook the the bacon on the sheet, all of it. You put it on a plate, you put the Brussels sprouts right on that are already chopped up on the plate, soak up the bacon grease. While you're doing that, you're sauteing with my, my favorite is a uh, ghee on top of the oven with a pan. You uh, mm-hmm. saute the kielbasa bits 
And then you put it all together with an avocado and you mash it all together. It's like the best big fat bomb pork salad ever. Okay. Yeah. You did tell me about that. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, we're kind of doing the carnivore diet right now. And, but I used to love roasted Brussels sprouts and that sounded pretty doggone good. You know, I mean, I love it. We would eat, we'd eat roasted uh, Brussels sprouts in the place of popcorn. Really? Really crispy. Yeah. Roasted really green in like a bag when you go to the theaters. No, because we probably skunk everybody out with that smell. <laughs> I was, I'll tell you what, I was really bad at doing that. Like, I, I did not care. I would go to, like, Whole Foods, get the food bar, like, olives, uh, spinach with, like, some type of protein, salmon or fish. And then I would get, like, a handful of uh, macadamia nuts with me, maybe some, like, beef jerky or something. This is before I knew about Peterson's. Then go to the theater be in the back and you always want to go during the day because there's no, there's nobody there. I'm just yeah. sitting there eating my like keto meals because all they have is popcorn. I don't want to eat. That. I know. Yeah. I know. They need to have individual wrap bacon snacks. Oh wait, they do. Peter's bars. I know. <laughs> they need to sell those. Huge after. plug. But at the movies, it would cost like $10 a strip, you know, how movie prices are. But yeah, that's a great idea for people. It is too, because there's no, there's no real keto snacks at the movie theater that we can get. No, no. there's nothing. <laughs> well, you know what? People aren't looking for uh, healthier standards. They're looking for profitability. And I think that's where we need to change our mindset because even these people that are making like millions of dollars off, you know, people kind of getting sicker because they're not trying the keto diet or getting like, you know, prescribed prescriptions rather than like a better diet. You know, I think in the long run, it's going to hurt us all. Like we're all going to be, you ever seen the movie Idocracy? Yes. That's like where I see our future. We're all going to be just spouting sports ads and like blooper reels. And we're going to be just like all in our phone all day, all day. And then everybody's like, oh, would you want to have like a more of a walking dead apocalypse? Or would you rather have like a Terminator apocalypse? I was like, the movie that scares me most is the Disney Pixar one named WALL-E. That is the scariest movie to me. Yeah. I Our know. planet is dead. There's trash all over. And then we're just like these humbling masses of people can't turn our neck to talk to somebody, have to be facing a computer screen just to like Skype the guy that's like two inches from me. That is the scariest thing I can even imagine. That's not life anymore. That's just torture. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's like a trip to the grocery store for me sometimes. I see that already. It's so terrifying. Um when I, I, I'm just, if I go to the grocery store, how many people are riding around? You can tell they're so sick. They're on scooters to purchase their groceries. They're putting so much sugar in the basket without realizing what it's doing to their body and not making that connection that the health issues they're having are directly related to what's in the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just see it going that way. And then, like you said, you already see everyone walking around with their face buried in their screen. I mean, even while driving, it's yeah. just terrifying. Yeah. And most people, you know, they'll say that we live longer than we have before. But for most people, the last 20 years of that life is on medication and in your chair. So that's what I, that's a big point that I want to hit on there, bud. And that is, there's a, there's a difference between somebody in Spain that's lived 86 year old that can still fish, can still bring like a, 
a 15 pound fish up a hill and plop it down, cook it while like, you know, the family's out doing their own errands <clears throat> rather than over here. It's not, imp- it's not impressive to me to see somebody that's 86 year old and can barely walk through a market and say like, well, I'm 86 year old, honey. I'm not going to give you an award for a number. Like you've made it that long. Congratulations. But I generally don't think that's not, that's living. That's just getting by. And I think that's the difference between a keto person and like a lot of these glucose people. It's like, they're not just getting by. They're actually seeing a whole new life change rather than, you know, having the Netflix Fridays, people are shutting down their technology. Like maybe we should go on a family walk or maybe we should invite like friends over and have more of a social gathering. Or maybe we should go plan a trip out to like the mountains and do a beautiful hike or go to a lake, go to spring. And I think the, the ketogenic diet, when you get down to the brass tacks, you have more energy, you're lasting longer between meals. And you know what? It's, it's just more exercise. It's like a lot of people, do you have to exercise in the keto diet? I'm like, no. But after like two months of losing 30 pounds, you don't want to be in the house anymore. You're able to move again. Like you want to go and run. And I think that's for me, I come from both, uh, one side of my family having diabetes and other like surgical type things to help their weight. Uh, my other family side are alcoholics and cancer. So everybody's like, oh, you're just young. I'm like, no, like once again, you're going into that whole uh, proposition that only young people can be healthy and that old people deemed old have to be this thing. And I think you guys are at a testament to that because I've seen everybody at the KetoCon or Low Carb USA and people that are even an age, I won't say, um, they're so massively younger looking than anybody else is saying that people are like, Oh, thank you for the compliment. I'm like, no, I'm doing that as like more of a, a statistical anomaly. You guys are like an outlier compared to what we usually see in stores. If someone said I'm 45 on keto, I'm like, wow, you look great. If someone else is 45 and still eating like the same traditional sad American diet, you know, the standard mm-hmm. American diet, it's, it's night and day. It is night and day. And you know, we just got, uh, a couple of weekends ago before low carb, we had my 30 year reunion and um, I love all those people. Great to see them. But a lot of them are, are experiencing at, you know, at, at 48 ish years old, a lot of health problems. And yeah, it, it, it is an issue. I would say most of the people, if not every one of them there had some type of health issue that they were dealing with. And, and to me, that's sad because those are my friends and I want to see them healthy. And uh, you know, I would help every one of them if they would accept it. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it and you're like, as you get older, you're told that all these little things that start happening are just the process of aging. And I don't accept any of that. I'm like, we should be strong into our old age and die just, you know, maybe one day we go to sleep and we don't wake up because it's our time. But we shouldn't be debilitated for that last part of our life that's supposed to be the golden years, you know? Yeah. I want to be able to get up and down out of a chair when I'm 90 without any help. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally. I mean, that's quality of life. That's what it's all about. It it really is. I think a lot of people don't have that quality or if they haven't experienced it in forever. Like if you go five years um, and you gain that extra 50 pounds, you know, work stressful, especially these kids out of college, like, oh, guess what you, your only option to do now is to work, 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 
the gym takes a backseat, your health takes a backseat. They sacrifice those years for the betterment of their, their future goals. But in reality, they're not investing in the right things. I mean, yes, you need to get out of debt. You don't need to have those money, like kind of laundering thoughts, but you need to also make sure that you're investing in the best thing, which is health. And I think a lot of people forget about that. And, uh, I attribute most of that to, you know, my parents being amazing, always supportive of me, uh, like coming from a small town and knowing all those sicknesses and illnesses, I think that's huge. Like when I say small town, I'm talking like one stoplight, horse and buggies walking through. I'm from like upstate New York, like, <laughs> wow. okay, yeah. And like, and you know, lastly, just traveling, you see the ridiculous difference when you go and say, and this is another thing I hit on with other people on podcasts. It's like, we got to stop calling stores healthy or not. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. It's either poison or standard. That's that's what my terminology would be. Mm-hmm. Because when you go into a, a Fry's or a Rolf's and things like that, there's a significant difference in body composition. This is not like uh, this is not just from me looking. You can just go do this experiment yourself. Go to in the same day, and I do this a lot because I do like store checks for the job as well for Petersons. I'll go to Whole Foods and then I'll go to like uh, a Sprouts or like even a Fry's, and I'll be like whoa, there is a massive difference between body composition and what people are buying. You see the people carrying like the, the two for three, 20 cans of Pepsi mm-hmm. in the other yeah. stores. And they can like, you know, if they get assistance or something like that, or then you go to Whole Foods and you have like all the fit yoga moms, like middle of the day, you know, taking care of the kid. Or at the end of the night, you have like, you know, the guys that just got done doing CrossFit and things like that. And it's a major difference. And yeah. why? It's because it's a simple choice. And I think people would need to take that choice. And if they have to choose it, invest in your health rather than the, the doctor visits. Oh, absolutely. This is such a good point because where people feel out of control with their health, The biggest thing they can control is what goes in their body, what their dollar is used to purchase. And a lot of people might look at better quality meat and say, well, it's more expensive. I can't afford it. But you have to look at the future cost of your health care. And if you're eating for quality foods, then that shows up later down the road. And that's more expensive than paying a dollar extra or $2 extra for something now to benefit your health. That's just how I look at it. That's where you can control it. Yeah, so you don't want to go sit in doctor's offices, control what goes into your body. And that's, that's another point that people keep making is like, Oh, it's so much more expensive. I disagree. I think that if you go to sprouts, I've, I've done this sprouts has three ninety nine a pound every other week <clears throat> for grass fed beef. Three ninety nine a pound. Mm-hmm. That's good. So if you want food, then get the food there. And then you need beef, then there's the beef. You can go to any other store, and it's around two ninety nine, or like even like sometimes like the grain fed's like five dollars a pound. Like so, there's there's yeah. maybe a subtle difference of like maybe a dollar to fifty cents, but you're really going to argue that as a point, like an extra ten fifteen dollars. If you have a family, maybe an extra fifty dollars to keep your family healthy. I mean. Well, you know, you're cutting out a lot of the crap too. When you start eating this way and you start cutting out the junk food, you don't realize how much you're paying for those peanut butter crackers, those Cheez-Its, those cereal. Uh, vanilla wafers, uh, Ooh, you know. You're a vanilla wafer guy. All right. It was. I could eat a whole box of those. And then I took him to the store once and they were $4.58 a box. And he was like, 
They're $4.58 a box. I said, yeah, I know. And <laughs> they're he said, expensive. stop buying those. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that was kind of, that probably was our road to keto right there. We stopped buying vanilla stopped wafers. Stopped buying vanilla wafers. <laughs> well, so I used to be uh, a cheese guy. And this is what I want to hit back on the Whole30 subject that you brought off. You started from Whole30 and transferred over mm-hmm. to keto. And I always say Whole30 keto is best. And I think if people are listening to this and don't know what Whole30 is, um, it's uh, just a 30-day process of eliminating food cravings. And that could be no gluten, no lactose, no MSG, no nitrites, no nitrates, and then definitely no sugar. So the big three for me that I've always hit on, and I didn't write a book about it, unfortunately, it's just no sugar, no gluten, no lactose. If you don't yeah. remove those things, those are the three biggest inflammatories that are going to affect your food. Now, there could be massive other things like a thyroid function issue or, you know, adrenals or anything like that. But to start off with, with the initial like month, if you can cut all, all those out and do like a keto, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And what I mean is like when we went to Atkins, what it, that gave permission to people to eat blocks of cheese. They thought they can sit there and just devour a whole block of cheese. I'm like, no, because dairy uh, in America right now is poor. Uh, just the way that we feed our animals and the way they, they get the milk and the way that too much casein and, you know, yeah. uh, faster industrialized processing. Same with bread. The only reason we have that kind of gluten intolerance is because the amount of lectins that we have left over from the fermentation process. We used to like let it sit out. Like in Italy, you see like the bread cart sitting outside and it's so beautiful and you can smell the aroma in the air and it sits out for like a full 24 hours. Rather now it's like a popcorn method where it goes to this oven and it's like, boop. There it is. So it doesn't fully. <laughs> yeah, permit. that's why you know we actually experimented that because I don't I don't do well with gluten or casein, and because they're very similar in structure. So what you said about eliminating gluten, lactose, and sugar are really important with people with food intolerances because you can really start detoxing from those things. So because casein and gluten are, are similar, that's, that's very important. But we went to Germany just recently and oh, I had, lucky. Bread. yeah, I know. Right. We were, <laughs> and I had some bread and it was great because I didn't have any of those symptoms that I normally would. But I will say that after a couple of times of indulging a little bit, I did not feel as optimal in my digestion, but it wasn't anything that was unmanageable. Whereas here, when I eat bread in the States, I break out in like an itchy rash all over like yeah. my body. <laughs> and that's like no fun at all. Well, this is, this is a pretty poor analogy to face like the country you're living in with. But uh, I feel like we're the sneaky drug dealers of the world because <laughs> what we get uh, America is like in the back corner of an alleyway, like with this trench coat ready to like outline. It's like, you want some gluten? Do you want some dairy? You want some of that? Some <laughs> I got some sugar. I can get your fix real quick. It's like, that's what we are nowadays because any country that has those type of items or, you know, say like Germany, uh, they, a whole factory went under and they they didn't uh, ferment fully and they had gluten in it and they came by and restrictive uh, things happened and they said, oh, you have to throw this out. Like, hmm, rather than throwing out, maybe we can ship it over to America and then brand it something like German bread, better for you. And (laughs) that's what happens. They send us all the bottom of the barrel stuff that happens with coffee imports. It happens with food imports. It happens with wine imports. All of those are just like the, the bottom of the barrel stuff that yeah. they couldn't sell to Europeans. So Americans get it. Cause guess what? Americans will eat anything. Yeah. Especially if it's cheap. 
Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad place we're in, but I hope that we're, we're all, I know we're all trying to do our part to help people understand that process of how food gets to your table and how to be a savvy consumer, a better health advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. and to make some better decisions based on the new information you have, because that's information is what empowers people. So this has been an amazing talk. Yeah, I mean, and, this is so good. And I, I envy guys like you because you're young and you've, you've found health and you understand it. And you're going to live a very long and healthy, fulfilled life just because of what you do right now. So I'm very envious because I look at back when I did when, when I was younger in my 20s and 30s. And, you know, we ate, I had a low-fat, high-carb diet because that was the practice. And I thought yeah. I was doing everything right. So, um, I mean, I feel better now, which is great, but man, if I was, you know, your age and eating as healthy and as awesome as you are and doing all the cool things, I I would just, I would have aged so much better. I think you aged just fine, my man. I think (laughs) anybody that finds it even later in life, they're going to look a whole lot better. I mean, you said you went to your reunion, right? Like how do those people look? Yeah, there's a lot of people that have issues and, and, and again, that, that, that hits me, you know in the heart because those are my friends and I don't, I don't want them to have to deal with issues, but a lot of them are doing what they're told to do by their doctor. They're not intentionally getting sick. They're trying to get healthy, but there's just so much misinformation about how to get healthy. And that's always the obstacle. Yeah. Well, if, if your listeners are listening, I would say just experiment with the whole 30 keto and why I say it that way is because people have done keto, but they don't eliminate like the gluten or the, the, overall sugar even and they don't check the packaging so definitely you can try to eat bacon peterson specifically of course Um, (laughs) eat your bacon and eggs if it's hard for you i mean some i put it in plain text what do you eat for breakfast and they said eggs bacon and toast i was like remove the toast what do you eat for lunch Uh, i usually have salad with croutons remove the croutons remove like the tomato just get like the cruciferous greens in there and then like a meat source and oils all over what about like uh ranch no not unless it's like primal kitchen or something like right. if I had a look, at, but then you're just going to this uh, whole different category of, I have to teach you how to read ingredients. So another thing is read ingredients always, especially on even bacon. You think it's going to be trustworthy, but you know, you have to keep out the sugar out of your diet because say you had four items today that you didn't check your ingredients and it's even bacon included. That could be 20 grams of sugar right there, just from added ingredients where you'll never know. And the last fact I'll tell you recently, they actually tried to make a percentage or a, a daily dosage of sugar on the nutrition label. And if you look at a nutrition label, that's the only uh, nutrient on the label that doesn't have a percentage anymore. Everything else, like fat, has like, oh, this is 20% of your daily value. Uh, right. Carbs, 15% of your daily value. Sugar has nothing. Why? Because they were going to put it in place. And then the sugar lobbyist said, oh, guess what? We're going to cut your funding. And they're like, oh, just kidding. We'll take that off. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I love that. Oh, my gosh. I know. The the industry, the bigger industry is just so tainted with stuff like that. It's it's really hard. It's almost, it's hard to wrap your mind around it because you don't want to believe it, but it's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I really like how you uh, broke down when someone's going to look at what they're eating for the day. There's just a few things. Sometimes it's not about what you can't have, but it's what you can have. Take out that toast and add an extra egg and an extra piece of bacon. You know, just 
fill it up, put some, you know, if you tolerate butter, use that. If you're taking out that, add ghee or coconut oil and you've got the perfect meal. And that's just those small little, they're really small adjustments when you look at it. Cause bread is like, we call it peasant food, Yeah, you know? It yeah. It's what you feed to the peasants. It's the cheap stuff. I have a client right now who's going on a cruise this next week and she was like, what do I do? And I said, avoid the peasant food. Eat yeah. the food that the rich and the powerful would eat, which is your meats and your fats. That's the expensive stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen uh, the show Vikings or any medieval movie? I mean, it's the king at the top with like uh, like a freshly roasted pork with an apple in it. That's like always the go-to scenario is like that right. big old pig already burnt to a crisp with like an apple shoved in his mouth. They got tons of other meat platters all around. And then you see like, what do you see at the peasants? They're always eating just like bread crumbles, like in a bowl, or like, <laughs> yeah. like oatmeal and porridge. Like, oh, well, maybe that's saying something, guys. Like, be yeah. fit and amazing. Be the king of your life and eat more, you know, real foods and real meats. And then, you know, leave the, the bread for the people or like when you vacation in Europe. Right. Well, you know, yeah. when they had that feast, like you said, they didn't, you know, it wasn't like, hey, let's, hey, go out there and give me all those vegetables. Let's have a feast. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they're like, slaughter that fatted calf. Let's eat that. Yeah. The, any Viking or any king would look at you like, uh, you must be the jokester of the court because that's, <laughs> I don't eat what my food eats. That's not what happens. <laughs> right, right. I love that so much. Well, hey, we've taken up a lot of your time and uh, we really appreciate you uh, being here and sharing your story with us because you're awesome and you're doing such great things. Um, you, I mean, you're just going to be, your future is so bright. It, it's amazing. Oh, it's blinding. Oh. It's blinding. <laughs> Do you have anything coming up that anybody you would want to share with anybody? Like any acting projects or? Yeah, actually, uh, if you Monday, actually, uh, the 19th, is it? Um, if you want, uh, check out AMC Lodge 49. I was a crew member on that. I was actually uh, Wyatt Russell's uh, stand-in, his double. Oh. So Kurt Russell's son stand-in. and. Awesome. Uh, I was there in uh, Atlanta for two or three months doing that. And that was just most exceptional. So everybody go and tune into that. And uh, you can see a little bit about what I did behind the scenes, uh, hopefully. And uh, lastly, just keep an eye out for Peterson's. I just uh, yeah. kind of helped them make a keto box, which is like, everybody's like, oh, what can I get from Peterson's? I basically made the whole list and said, here, pay this amount. You'll get all the stuff. You won't be missing out. Someone had this or the chorizo missing out on that, or you'll miss out from not having that that one time. So you can get the whole keto box with even a ham in there that has no sugar. So for Thanksgiving or Christmas. That's so awesome. So is there a link on the website for the keto box on Peterson's? Not yet, but it's going live hopefully later today or Monday. Okay, so this will air on, this is uh, Friday, this will air on Monday. So when you have that link, if you can shoot it over to me, I'll put it in the show notes so it can go live for that. Perfect. Yeah, Keto Box, guys. So if y'all are listening to this, check the show notes. Yep. Get your Keto Box of meat. That's awesome. I'm going to yeah. get one. All right, well, I think that uh, kind of wraps it up. Yeah. We talked a lot about some really cool stuff, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be following Josh and his adventures as we go. Yeah, and we'll put some information, uh, whatever you want me to share in the show notes, where people can find you, connect with you, see what you're doing in your career, kind of follow you, 
And I would love also, that. Yeah. So uh, we'll make sure all that's in the show notes. And this was so fun. Thank yeah, you. it was. All right. And so until next time, go out there and eat fat and prosper. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.